The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to the law firm of Davis and Davis. We're not a real law firm. Go ahead, grab a beer, a glass of wine, sit back and listen. That's so anticlimactic, isn't it? What? The little wing. You feel like it's going to go somewhere? Like right here. There should be a cymbal crash or Tiffany. It's it's like there's, it just, it goes nowhere. It's it's kind of like my life is going (laughs) nowhere. My my life is being is being uh, compared to a vamp. <sighs> <laughs> welcome everyone to the Davis and Davis show. Hi, welcome back everybody. Uh, yeah, I'm tired today. It, it, it's we apparently we apparently had a rough show, the last show that we had. It was long. Um, it was long. Uh, I, I received, I, I received many complaints that I wasn't letting anyone talk. Was this from your friends or from your wife? Doesn't really matter. <laughs> uh, my, no, uh, the, the text that I received from my friends <laughs> said things like, Man, I miss doing a show. Man, I I wish we did this more often. <laughs> and, and I kind of sat back and went, um, if I did this more often, it would hurt yeah, a lot. I would need a liver transplant. Thank you very much. Uh, I will honestly say, uh, I think the text from Burke the next day, which came at like eleven o'clock, said something to the effect of. My head hurts. <laughs> yes, yes, it did. Uh, my head, yeah, my head did not hurt. My head was flat ass gone. <laughs> I couldn't feel a thing. Um, I had to wake up in the morning and suck down a 25 ounce beer. And the headache was gone. Damn. I have not had to do a hair of the dog in a long time. Oh, giggity. Giggity. Yes. Giggity. What the hey? Tell me. 
I finally, I, I was, I was going through my text messages and look what I found. I got a really cool gift for my brother from another mother. We had talked about, well, one of our, one of our favorite, favorite uh, insulated beverage companies, Brewmate. And I was like, you know, I'm in the mood. I, I, I think I, I think I might get one of those uh, martini shakers from those guys. And, and then I was just kind of an offhand remark and nothing ever happened. All of a sudden I get this text one day. It's like, Hey, you're getting a present. And I get this other text from Brewmate. Your martini shaker is on its way. I'm like, Oh, kick ass and righteous. <laughs> and I got it uh, the day after the show. Yeah. And Wednesday. Have you yeah, made and, something with it yet? Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. I, as soon as I got it, man, I had that. I still had that really good um, Topath vodka. Yeah. And uh, now crushing ice is a real pain in the ass if you don't have a crushed ice maker. Uh, but did it anyway and, and, and made a couple martinis and boom, it was really nice. And nah. the, the beauty of that thing is you can take the martini top off and it's a really big uh, drink holder. You know, it's got the coffee lid that you can stick on there and the whole nine yards so i mean it's, i've got this big honking does it really oh yeah heck I yeah realize it come, i didn't realize it came with the coffee lid and all heck yeah man like everything they make it's it's not just one purpose man you can do multiple things with this that's what i love about this company man hot diggity dog so if i need a big honking mug or whatever i got a big honking roommate mug if i when i do my standard stuff i got my standard stuff so so yeah, yeah. Life's good. My, my question that I had from looking at the photo and all that, what is the top made of? Is it polycarbonate? Is it? It, it is the same polycarbonate that my, my slide cup lid on this one is made. It's very thick, though. Um, and they've got nice rubber gaskets, uh, not only for the major lid that fits on the cup, but for the strainer part at the very top. And it's not loud. I, I thought it was going to be super loud making them, you know, shaking a martini. It's not loud at all. It was, it was really nice, made a really good martini. Uh, I also had to like splurge a little bit and bought some uh, like four and a half inch long uh, olive metal olive sticks because I only have these tiny little toothpicks in my olives would go to the bottom of my drink and i couldn't find them so i but i don't have a martini glass it's just kind of sad i'm usually using my uh my tiny glass coffee mug i wonder from, if, uh, i wonder if brewmates makes a martini glass <laughs> we're not gonna find out we're not gonna look I, I, we're happy even, with what we got I, I don't even know if they would have one or not but uh, i'm, no, I'm guys they might i'm interested i mean brewmate <laughs> Ah, uh, so so the brewmates really needs to uh to come in and and give us a a good lesson in uh, uh uh how to promote things by handing stuff to us for free. Yeah, I'll take a sticker. Which actually, they did give me a sticker, and it's on the front of my little fridge right now. They sent you a sticker. Yeah, with the martini shaker. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> So, so it was a $35 sticker. sticker. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, hey, that kind of, kind of, yeah, yeah. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. That kind of leads us into, sorry, I was taking a, a sip, sip of, a sip of the beverage. Which was going to be my question. 
What is Scott what drinking tonight? Is Scott drinking tonight? Tonight is a very, very, very good craft beer called Blood and Honey. Ooh. By Revolver here in Texas. Nice. And how about you, my friend? Hey, here, hang on, hang on, hang on. here, here. Let me take that is a very smooth ale. It is an ale. I, I do believe I should look at the bottle. Um, it is a red beer. Okay. So, so it, it, it uh, hence the fact that it's called blood and honey, I guess. Um, it has a sweet tone to it. It's running at about 5% alcohol, which is not no, bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm digging this. I could seriously do this. Yeah, I, I, not not at $10 a six pack, but um <laughs> But this is definitely doable. How about sure. you, my friend? What do you have going on? I see the uh, yellow brewmate popping up now and Yes. There. So, uh I've gone to one of my uh old standbys. Something uh inexpensive, uh easy to drink, easy to mix. It is Amsterdam gin amsterdam yes yes and uh good price point it makes a fair martini it, it does it doesn't have a lot of doesn't have a lot of background flavor to it it's not very it's not a potent uh gin flavor coming through but man does it mix well with like grapefruit sodas or any kind of citrus you know type things so that's yeah. I got the grapefruit soda, the gin, the brewmate, gin and juice, gin and juice, basically. Yeah. Um, I am. I am. I am not a big fan of gin. Um, sorry to say, uh, Burke. Burke got a new microphone right now, and and I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of not talking right now because he or i'm getting distracted because he keeps shoving the microphone up past his face <laughs> but i i i will give i will give burke a ton of props in figuring out a way if you listen to the show before this one was it the show before no you didn't have this for the no show i had before. it for the uh the last movie review and the all your guy all your uh but he's come together. So I had the microphone, but it was hard mounted to an arm. So you're probably going to pick up some weird background hard. twangs and thuds and whatever. Yeah. Anytime he touched the table, you could hear it. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to drive me nuts. Um, but it didn't really drive me nuts. I mean, anyways, Burke took it upon himself to, to uh, Jerry rig. Well, I, I bought a, a, you know, an okay isolator. You know, the kind of webby things you see that, you know, like you have and, you know, professionals have and everything. Only problem is this microphone was not designed in any way, shape or form to use any kind of an isolator like that. Um, so I figured out a way to do it. But uh, he, he, he fixed that. Uh, he fixed that. Uh, well, and it's solid. Uh, it's, it's good. It's real good. He fixed it. He knew. I, I got. I got that shit going now. He knowed how to fix it. 
Um, I've worked in so many theaters that had zero equipment and you had to like, you had to come up with some unusual ways of fixing equipment or building something or whatever. It was just like, all right, I got that, 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 that to work with. What can we do? We can I do fi- this. I fixed it. I fixed <laughs> it. And I didn't even use duct tape. Um, I don't believe you. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i did i have that drop when you were here the last time wait i can't remember there's a touch of madness around here that ain't it (laughs) yes Perfect. And then I, I do like There's this a touch one. of madness around here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have to the Batmobile. Let's go. <laughs> Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. A little loud. <laughs> it's the longest Batmobile takeoff I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Hang on a second. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Atomic batteries. Atomic batteries. (laughs) I need to put an end right here. Like right there. I'm surprised you don't don't have the bit and don't call me Shirley. Let's go. Atomic batteries. It didn't stop. All right, mess with it. I've well. had enough. I've had yeah, enough of that. You've had a rough day. Mess around. What do you mean mess around with it later? <sighs> I just need to figure out. And you're doing this on our listeners' time. No. Hey, listen- good uh-huh. job. Hey, good job. Our listeners don't care. They want the best show that we could possibly give them. <laughs> Maybe listen to somebody else at that point. There's a touch of madness around here. <laughs> uh, yes. So anyway, this next film I had never seen before. And Scott's like, oh, wait. Oh, wait. This film? That film right there. Does it happen to have a really long intro? Uh, like I think I fast forwarded through most of it. Yes. Yes. I oh did. yeah. <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I- I'll say it. I'll say it. I'll say it right now. Say it. The best movie ever made. Best. It blows the gumball rally away. It blows the cannonball run away. Star Wars can't even hold a torch to it. Better than Deep Throat. Oh, 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 the green door. There is, there is no movie that this movie is so great. It only made $12 million, <laughs> which, 
was slightly more than one of the films we looked at just recently. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, that's that's right. World, worldwide, it made twelve million dollars, but on its domestic opening, opening week, how much do you think it made in the opening week? I don't know that I have that information, but I'm gonna say uh, one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Four million dollars. Oh, okay, that's not bad. So that tells you that after opening week, everyone went and talked to their friends and said it sucks. <laughs> now I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I guess I have to explain a little bit here, huh? The movie, the movie that we're talking about, the best movie ever made in humanity is Lone Wolf McQuaid, starring. David Carradine. Barbara this is your Carrera, baby. You, you go for it. This is your baby. <laughs> Steve Carver. And the A number one, Chuck Norris. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's a Chuck Norris film. It was one of his first. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm sure... My brother's going to be doing more of the talking on this one. I don't have a ton of information on this one. Um, other than it was number 61 at the box office. Uh, do, you, do you know what the budget was on this one? No, I did not. Um, hmm. Oh, hold on. Okay. Lone Wolf McQuaid, 1983, one hour, 46 minutes. Go ahead. Go ahead. I do not know. I did not write that down. I am very upset with myself. Wow. Yeah, $12.3 million at the box office. A budget of only $5 million, so it made money. It did make money. Gotcha. Uh, considered a crime, drama, romance, thriller, western. Don't know which one it actually... I mean... Yeah, I don't, don't know what you would really call it. Um, uh, except for the fact that it is a chuck norris film do you know what roger ebert gave it i do not 3.5 stars if you can believe it from roger from roger wow well, you know right i was like i was thinking he's gonna like kill this thing it was like 3.5 like, okay well all right well, uh, any idea of rotten tomatoes rotten tomatoes i would give it probably a 62 57 Close. and audience was take a guess 98 no oh, 66 oh oh it's rare that they're very close to each other yeah like true that. that usually it's they think one thing and the audience is like nope you are wrong all right people before we get into the meat of this as as i'm sure that you're all really really waiting for it is time unfortunately for scott small bladder for scott small bladder to go do something uh and as well it is time for burke to refill the brewmate we'll okay, be back okay. ladies and gentlemen bye-bye bye, -bye. bye. 
The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Yeah. Hey, is that loud? No, it's good. Ladies and gentlemen, my ears just died. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. But now really I get to, like, punish Burke. <laughs> it's going to be a fabulous evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the vamp's over. Um, we can we'll talk now. Mm-hmm. We'll go through this segment, and guess what? My ears will be charged by the end of the segment. Well, yeah, that's the way it goes. All right, so we were in the middle of discussing the best movie ever made in the world. Uh, which every time I say that, Burke just laughs. <laughs> Close my eyes, do the Picard. Oh, Jesus Christ! Looking, yeah. <laughs> um, this movie, this movie is is your your quintessential good guy versus bad guy. Uh, good guys, Chuck Norris. He plays Lone Wolf McQuaid, a a Texas Ranger. Um. Spoiler alert, <laughs> this is the movie that Walker, Texas Ranger is based about. And there were some legal issues involved in that, but uh, we'll probably get there, talk about that eventually. There's a lot to talk about in this film. Um, the, I guess the first thing that I need to bump off really really stinking quick is the music sucked that's a theme with a lot of our movies isn't it i think it's a theme with a lot of 70s and 80s flicks true true. it wasn't until the late 80s that things started to really pick up but then again i don't think that music got I, i think music took a turn from that disco in the 70s to to what we got in in the 80s yeah and uh uh it's it's just there was this mental stigma in in the movie industry back in the 70s where everything had to be you know uh everything's not copywritten you know we're we're not going to use mainstream music we're everything's going to be orchestrated different stuff like that and sadly, back then, who, who'd you have for orchestration? You had John Williams. That was about it. Barely. I mean, he was so young. I mean, 77 was his well, seven, 77 big, was his big his debut. Big debut. So, you know, you, music- did have likes, you did have the likes of Elmer Bernstein, um, who did a ton of old westerns and stuff like that. If you've ever seen the movie Stripes, he did all the movie for the for Stripes, and they specifically wanted his like military ish, uh, but he also had a sense of fun with it. Um, but he was 
kind of the only one that I can think of. Now, as everyone knows, Chuck Norris is a martial artist. Yes. As well as David Carradine is a martial artist. Ish. Uh, they're both black belts. I would not say that David Carradine is, is the best. I would not say that Chuck Norris is the best, but Chuck Norris is the reason that World War II stopped. So. Okay. <laughs> We're not going to do Chuck Norris jokes tonight. Not going to do it. You want to you hear a couple other movies that were out in 1983? Yeah, tell tell me tell me what else was out. Well, one of ours that we I know we've talked about I've talked about before, Blue Thunder. Ooh, um, that was that was number seventeen on the Ray Scheider. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, Terms of Endearment, which is a pretty good film. I mean, it got a couple Oscars and you know whatnot. It's a good film if you're into that stuff. It, it just it has some really great acting. It just plain simple. Uh, the Big Chill. Which I can listen to the soundtrack alone, and I, I, you I, know. I, I could listen to the sound. The soundtrack yeah. was great, but yeah, forty-eight hours. Oh, uh, yes, oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, Nick Nolte. I am. Yeah. Uh, I am all about that movie. Now, somehow, Superman three beat out forty-eight hours. How? I know. Well, it just had it had the name. That's it. They cashed in on the name. And that was about the last time they were able to cash in on the name for many, many years. Above that, National Lampoon's Vacation, the first one. Ah, very first one with Chevy yes. Chase. Yes. Beating that out was Risky Business. I, I, oh, and talk about some great music. Uh, Tangerine Dream did all the music for that one. And oh, well, yeah. I, I will I will honestly say that is the only reason and Guido that the Killer I bought Pimp. Tangerine <laughs> Dreams album. I saw them up in Cleveland that uh the the on the right there in the river. Oh man. I and somehow how is I mean, it? Now, now, now this these these next ones kill me. Somehow these all got beat out by Staying Alive, the uh sequel to Saturday Night Fever. Mr. Mom. Ooh. Now the rest of them I can get. War Games was number five. Or so I'm sorry, number six was Octopussy. Not my favorite Bond film. Uh, War no, Games. No, but you know what? It's it's a Bond film. Yeah, yeah. War Games number five. Trading Places number four. Flash Dance number three. Tootsie number two. Number one spot. Star Wars: Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Uh, 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 Lone Wolf McQuaid's better. <laughs> okay. I can't believe Mr. Mom was that high. I know, right? Okay, <laughs> I, I have one bit of trivia for you, my friend. Okay. At the very beginning of the movie, what ammo is Lone Wolf McQuaid using? He is using, uh, hang on. God, were, were they silver tipped? 
I'm trying it's to remember. I think it was an werewolves. <laughs> I think it was an incendiary round. Yes. Uh oh god. I'm pretty sure it was a 50 cal. Nope. Oh shit. 308. 308 incended incendiary armor piercing incendiary so was, rounds. Yeah. I couldn't remember if he was using the depleted uranium tip or, uh, but it was an incendiary round. I yes. knew that it was an incendiary. Um, I now, could I, not I'm, off the I'm watching this film and the very first thing that they did like for a hot second and a half, they, they, they pan down to the ammo box. I had to stop the movie. Like I got to write that shit down. He's not going to know this one. And <laughs> 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 uh, they're, 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 they're there's a lot of talk. mexican swearing in this movie and they're like ah they'll never know there Fuck was em. a lot of mexican <laughs> swearing in this movie um and this movie was what rated rated r wasn't it eg this was rated pg and you see I, I have a whole thing about this you you see barbara carrera's boob no no you don't You see, you see back and you see, oh. I, no, no. I, it's like, I, they, I don't even, if they use the F word, it was once in the whole movie. Like, okay. All right. Hey. So I gotta, I gotta go into this, huh? All right. Yeah, go. No. Go, go, go. <laughs> I don't have it in here. Okay. I'm going to do this by memory. He was actually sitting in an interview talking about this. He, it, because the name Chuck Norris was in the movie, they instantly gave it an R rating just because it's Chuck Norris. And Chuck actually went, flew to New York to talk to uh, the rating system. Uh, and forgive me, I don't know the name of the place, but anyway, so he went in there and talked to him and asked him, okay, exactly, you know, why? There's there's no nudity. It's the there's, motion picture film. Was it that back then or not? Because I don't remember. I'm pretty sure that's who it was. Anyways, go on with your story. But anyway, um, he went and he and he just he just asked him real nicely. He's like, "Why are you giving this an R rating?" He's like, "I don't have, you know, I don't have a bunch of swear words. I don't have the f bomb. I don't have nudity. Uh, you know, it's like it, it. There is some violence, yes, but nothing super bad or anything like that. And so they they actually changed their minds and gave it a PG, which is back then was more of a pg-13 they would have you know, with the newer rating system they would have gone pre pg-13 on his movie mm. it's got shooting up shooting up cyanex uh <laughs> let's see here no uh, nudity no okay, hard swear words yeah yeah the 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 line that really cracked me up was um <laughs> was the pg rating then was equal to a PG 13 now. Yeah. Uh, multiple. <laughs> oh, the line. He texted this to me and I'm like, dude, I'm only in there like the first minute of the movie. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> multiple uses of the word fuck, excessive gun violence, blood would, would still have given the film an R rating. How much more excessive gun violence could you find? I, 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 I mean, Chuck Norris kills 
30 guys with a gun <laughs> in the first minute and a half of the film. Oh, come on. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> film. <laughs> film. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't please, that bad. Please don't make my movie unseeable by young kids <laughs> who want to kill people. Well, no. He was like, you know, it's like good guys versus bad guys. The good guys win. It's got a, you know, positive thing. You know, who knows? Maybe he greets their palms with money. I don't know. But. There you go. Yeah, he he had to fly to New York to get the the rating changed. Uh so so there um there was a lot of controversy with this film. Uh Francesco Damasi's score uh which he rightfully admits to being greatly inspired by by yeah. Ineo's score uh was extremely close. <laughs> The good, bad, and the ugly? Is that the score you're talking about? Uh, no. Sergio Leone's Once Upon a Time in the West. There we go. Okay. Uh, so there there was a lot that happened in this film. Now, now I have to I have to bring this up now. Okay. Because it's one of the first things that's on my list. <laughs> David Carradine stars and co-stars in this film. Yes. David Carradine. Did David Carradine and and uh, Chuck Norris get along? From the subtext that I got from some of the interviews and from an interview with the director. It doesn't sound like they got along very well. Now, now Chuck did an interview with some nice lady and is like, oh no, 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 we we got along. He was very professional, blah, 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 blah. He's he's talking real quiet, and you're thinking to yourself, Yeah, this sounds like a PR statement more than what you really are thinking in the background. And so no, I don't think they got along at all. Um, okay, I, I'm <laughs> I'm gonna read you a quote. <laughs> Uh, I may have this same quote on my page. <clears throat> this was a quote made by Chuck Norris. And it goes kind of like this. David Carradine is every bit as good a martial artist as I am an actor. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about a left-handed compliment. <laughs> best movie ever i'm telling you you can feel the tension on the screen okay they did not use stunt doubles at all for this entire film oh specifically that last fight now there were stuntmen yeah but there were not stunt doubles for the fight scenes right uh David Carradine insisted to the producers that there were no stunt doubles. They also insisted that he would not be bested in a hand-to-hand -hand fight. And he had that written into his contract. Yes. Which is why he got blowed up at the end by a hand grenade. Instead of... Instead of being Actually his fighting his way through. Yes. Um, and... If you actually watch that entire fight scene, 
JJ McQuaid's losing that fight. Oh yeah, but that's always any fight, you know, the, the good guys, you know, he's down on down on his luck and you know get up and fight, you know, Rocky, the whole it's just a it's a movie. Fight. All, all you have to do is punch his kid. Uh that's what David Carradine did. Who the, was originally the, slated to play David Carradine, uh Raleigh Wilkes? That one I don't think I came across. Who did he want? Well, it, it, it's uh, this is kind of offset. Oh, no, I do know the answer to this one. Yes. Had Bruce Lee not died. Correct. He would have been in the movie. That was said by Chuck and the producers and, and, and a number of people. Well, uh, they... The script itself was written for Bruce Lee to play that part. Um, see what else is in my notes here. Well, I got uh, here. I got. I got another. Actually, I got a couple little bits of trivia here for you. Give it Um, to me. uh, What what kind of beer does Lone Wolf McQuaid drink? Pearl. There you go. That's an easy one. You live in Texas. What kind of a gun I, does I've he carry? I've watched the film 600 times. Okay, what kind of gun does he carry? What? Say that again? What kind of gun does Lone Wolf McQuaid carry and use? His handgun? Yes. The 357. Made by? 357 Magnum. It's a python. Made yes. by... Uh, Myth and Wesson model 29. Uh, what what uh, is the vehicle that he drives? <laughs> uh, hang on, that was a Dodge. You, you are correct so far. Um, ooh. ooh, I can't remember. It is the Ram Charger. Do you know what year it was? 1979 no it was a 1983 actually was it which was weird because they started filming in 82 but it was like the new model releases came out and that kind of yeah so the 19- all i know is that it had a v8 supercharged engine in it <laughs> a la mad max <laughs> and and then the easiest one of all where was it filmed el paso there you go totally in el paso wasn't it yes yep yep Uh, what is the famous drinking game oh uh oh i i ranger every time somebody (laughs) says the name or says the word ranger Ranger. in the film because that's must drink i (laughs) tried it three times and was flat ass hammered every time because <laughs> i like that's all they refer to him. they didn't even use his name halfway through the movie it's like hey ranger <laughs> uh it's like the hey bob game when you're watching bob newhart hi bob in in 2012 okay 
what movie did Chuck Norris recreate J.J. McQuaid? I have no clue. I have no clue. What was it? The Expendables 2. Oh, you know what? I, I'm sorry. I did remember reading a, a bit Chuck about that. Norris comes back as Lone Wolf McQuaid. <laughs> uh, okay. Yes. Um, during the filming in El Paso, Texas, What happened during a 4th of July celebration? Oh, God, they blew up all the fireworks in the town by accident. <laughs> all of the explosives for the films were destroyed during a 4th of July accident. <laughs> okay, who in this film said they could ride a horse, but couldn't? Barbara Carrera. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, and all the shots are like on a, like there's a pickup truck and a dolly behind it and a fake horse and she's right. <laughs> and, and the funny thing is that she was supposed to jump on, or she was supposed to jump onto a horse and chase down the horse that JJ McQuaid's daughter uh, took off on the Mustang. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, all you see in is in the shot is the picture of, of her riding the horse away from the camera. So you never saw her face. That's because she couldn't ride a horse, people. She lied. She lied like a big dog. She lied like a rug. She was actually afraid of horses. That was like, okay. Um, okay, the 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 old man. Um Oh yeah, his like mentor dude. His mentor dude. What the heck was his name? Uh, I don't have IMDb up, so I do not know. Forgive me. Was it was it Steve Carver that played that? Let me show No, here. Steve Carver. Oh no, it might have been him, come to think of it. Um there is a bit about going down a cliff I got for you. Hang on, I'm I'm using the new egg computer, so it might take ten minutes for it to come up. And we're waiting, we're waiting. Oh look, five hundred freaking ads just popped up. LQ Jones plays Dakota. That's him. Uh, okay, I don't really care about this. Why are you LQ Jones? Um favorite line in the movie oh you texted it to me go ahead my favorite line in the movie comes from lq jones with his big hair he's sitting on the fence looking at barbara carrera riding a horse and turns to jj mcquade <laughs> says how'd you like to bite into that develop lockjaw and be dragged to death <laughs> I have ever since I saw this movie the first time used that line as much as I possibly can. How'd you like to bite into that develop block chaw and be dragged to death? Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, do you have any more trivia, my friend? 
I'm checking here. Hold on. Let's see. Um, Yeah. The, the, the being sued by the producers for Texas Ranger was a $500 million lawsuit, but I think they settled out of court for that. So, um, you know, David Carradine actually hit the girl that played his daughter in that, that fight at the very end of the movie. I was gonna, I was gonna bring this up because this was one of the things that Chuck Norris talked about that David Carradine was actually dangerous yeah, to work he, with. He he was never trained in Hollywood uh, fighting. He did not know how to pull a punch or a kick. Um, I mean, yeah, Chuck was taking full yeah. kicks to his, you know, rib cage mm-hmm. multiple times to get a shot. And just that's probably where some of the, some of the issues came up. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Man, just in reading a lot of the trivia or the research that I did from this movie alone really kind of made me sit back and not like David Carradine. And it made me understand his attitude that he had when he was filming Kung Fu. Well, he, he didn't have to pull his, but because, yeah, it was, the, they never connected in that movie. I mean, it, it was always, and it was this, oh, okay. I'm a little tongue tied in Lone Wolf McQuaid. He was not doing his style. It was not a jujitsu style or anything where that in, you know, it, in Kung Fu, it was all very fluid and he was using other people's weight against them. And he rarely had to punch or kick anybody in that show it was pretty safe you know they had a mat over there he'd toss them on the mat you know he'd pretend to maybe you know hit them and they're not even in the shot you know it was it was a very safe environment with this one it was it was full contact it was it was the stuff that that chuck under bruce lee had been trained for not only was he proficient at the true art of and forgive me i don't know it was a uh, I don't even know what style of, of fighting that he originally learned, but he was very proficient in his true fighting style, but then also proficient in Hollywood movie fighting. And, you know, I mean, he was in one of the greatest films ever with Bruce Lee. So, I mean, yeah, he had to be at, at that level to be able to do that kind of stuff. So you, you got, and, and, and Carradine, you know, he, they never taught him. He didn't know any better. You know, he thought he was doing what he was supposed to do and it was not really good, but you know, it's a silly. Uh, yeah, he was, um, he was listed as dangerous, mm-hmm. uh, by Chuck. Um, these two, even though Chuck later in, in interviews said that everything was kosher between each other, um, they didn't get along. They didn't like each other. And it actually worked out in the fight scenes that they had with each other. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, there were two movies in 1983 that Barbara Carrera were in. Can you name both of them? Obviously, Lone Wolf McQuaid's one of them. Was it a Bond film? I don't know. Was it? 
was that Thunderball? Never say never, never again. again. That's right. It was the remake of, of Thunderball. I'm sorry. Yeah. It was the Sean Connery unauthorized version of Thunderball. Fatima Blanc or Blanche was her character name. Yes. Rode on a motorcycle with him. Ooh. Yeah, they're being chased by a Fiat. That was kind of a cool. Scene. Yes. Yeah, I like that. Uh, uh, I know that we touched this a little bit, but um, in the final fight scene, David Carradine accidentally hits Chuck Norris in the ribs, breaking ribs. Despite the pain, Chuck Norris went on to finish filming. Oh, yeah. The kick jumping scene from a crouching position. It's one so, of the highest kick jumps from a crouch I ever got on film, too. <laughs> yeah, some it was yeah. Freaking, I mean, it's amazing to think that they 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 uh they filmed that all in one one session. No, oh, geez. So it it was I mean grueling. He kept going. Yeah. Broken ribs, everything. He kept going. Uh what was the what was Raleigh Wilkes license plate? That was the gentleman, the short gentleman. Raleigh Wilkes, David Carradine. Oh, oh man, Mister. No, I don't know what was it. I vaguely remember it. I can't. Yeah, it's not top my tongue. Carrot. As in, it's supposed to be karate, but it was spelled C A R A T E. That's right. <laughs> oh shit. Uh let's see here. Uh the truck that JJ Yari went through that one. Oh, okay. So Leon Isaac Kennedy, the African American gentleman who played the FBI agent, did not want to repel down the mountain. They have a big scene where they're all repelling down the mountain. But he couldn't let Chuck do it and not do it himself because he couldn't, you know, just had his pride and everything. So Chuck repels down. And when you're repelling backwards, you, you jump out, you let go of the line. So you drop down, your body comes back and your feet hit the side of the hill. You jump back out again, let out some line. This poor guy, he bounced back and forth at the top of this mountain for five minutes couldn't remember to let out his line eventually chuck had to yell at him like on the line when you <laughs> pride it'll get you every time uh okay uh can you name the two pin can you name the two pinball machines in Falcone's office. Bally's Xenon from 1980 and Rapid Fire from 1983. Okay, I know where you got your trivia <laughs> from. <there. laughs> I had to look everywhere. This was another one that like not a lot of not a lot of sources out there. I only have one, two, three, four, five from that source. And uh the the bit about you know David Carradine's every bit of good at martial artist. I am an actor. The movie drinks. Oh, yeah, I had there. There's the drinking game. And there's Barbara Craig. Oh, you know what? I had never say never on my screen. I just couldn't read it because it was so damn small. <laughs> yeah. So Oscar nominee John Melius, screenwriter on Apocalypse Now, 
and and Conan the Barbarian did uncredited work on the script, including writing the opening sequence. Okay. Uh, we saw a movie a few weeks back starring uh, Burt Reynolds called The Cannonball Run that was directed by a guy named Hal Needham. He is uncredited in this movie. But where do you see him? Somebody's at someplace like the racetrack instead of behind of a car. Mm -mm. No? Very last scene. He is the man who grabs a hold of David Carradine and pulls him out of harm's way to be blown up by a... <laughs> I thought that was an interesting fact. Yeah, we, no. We, we talked about Hal Needham in, in yeah. the... Uh, in the Cannonball Run show. Yes, that's what I was trying to say. Um, I was surprised. I, I started watching this film. And I see Robert Beltran. I'm like, man, that name's super familiar. I know, I know this guy. And then, like, he pops up on the screen. I'm like, oh, dude, it's Chakotay from Voyager. Holy crap. All right. This is kind of cool. And what was his nickname? KO? KO. Okay. Um, and, and another film that we may want to touch upon someday called Eating Raul. Ever seen it? No. It's a kind of dry humor that's right up your alley. Dry, dark, and yeah. <laughs> uh... I'll send that to you in a second. Um, one, one of my friends just sent me something, and uh, yeah. So I do have one little tidbit here at the very bottom. I'm just going to read it out. So director Steve Carver used Big Eddie Westerns as a source of inspiration for this movie. Mm -hmm. um, even having the legendary Spaghetti Western composer Ennio Morricone, Morrisoni. Yes. Uh, to write the score. The harmonica player was Franco de Gemini, who also worked upon Once Upon a Time in the West. So he was playing harmonica in both of those. Lone Wolf McQuaid was written by... God, I don't even know. I don't... Do I have this up here? <laughs> who actually wrote this? B.J. Nelson. Who was originally supposed to star as J.J. McQuaid? Bronson, perhaps? Nope. I'll give you three guesses, and I, I will guarantee that none of them are it. But go ahead. You got two more guesses. <laughs> um, all right. Well, then, obviously, I have to go pretty bizarre for these guesses, then. <laughs> Yeah, it wouldn't be Harrison Ford. He was too young. That's two guesses. Yeah. Um, I want you to think a star is born. Oh, God. Chris Christopherson? Correct. Wow. Interesting. Well, 
it he, was he couldn't have done the whole you know fighting at the end bit but uh, it I, was I, built to be a builder of of his uh repertoire hmm. interesting to expand him into the i can beat people up era as opposed to the leading guy i'm gonna sweep you off your feet dude uh i mean he had the beard to pull it off at least yeah um in a panoramic shot of el paso at around 11 minutes 54 seconds there is a there is there is what a car crash with a bus blue car runs into the back of a white truck oh okay close yeah why did this accident happen Oh, that part I do not know. Wait, were they looking at the filming going on? Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> because there's a whole lot of filming going on in El Paso. What's going on over there, Crash? Okay, I'm going to give you a piece of trivia. Okay that has a lot to do with this movie, but has nothing to do with this movie. Awesome. Uh, you were my best man at my wedding. One of them. Sandy was uh, Latina. Okay. She was, she was Hispanic. Her last name was Rodriguez. 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 Uh, um, from this movie, I thought I had learned some Spanish that you should never, ever, ever say to your mother-in-law, but Scott attempted to act like he knew what he was saying. <laughs> so, Binchi Caron, don't ever say that. Pendejo, probably off of the Pendejo. Tu madre, I heard in there somewhere. Cinco, su madre. <laughs> Do not ever say these things, especially at Christmas. <laughs> Unless you want to get divorced. <laughs> All right. So, so, I, I think we're where are we at here? One, one thirty-four. We're about an hour into this. Um, who is your favorite character in this movie? Hmm. I would, I would have to say that it was. What was? And forgive me, I don't have his name up here anymore. The the mentor guy, LQ Jones, Dakota. LQ Jones, Dakota. Yeah, I liked him a lot. I think Dakota was the best character in this whole whole movie snow was great i yeah. loved snow i think he did a great job of playing the part of somebody who's just a ditzy little idiot yeah, yeah. uh falcone was was extremely one-sided in his acting yeah um as a matter of fact like like that whole that whole interaction in his office you could tell that he was like reading a script. Yeah, it it was it was pretty flat. It, it was, was very it was flat. not 
not good. It was not good. Who was the who? Oh wait, what was the name of the character that they tied up on the tree? They're getting that information. Was snow. That was Snow. So I remember Snow being in a couple of of kind of bizarre. He was in that one film where he could go into people's dreams and he turned into like this big snake guy and everything. Yes. What the hell film was that? Um, Okay, Snow. Let's look him up here. Oh, excuse me. Oh, he was in The Warriors too, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah, he was in The Warriors. Um, It it took me a hot second to recognize him, actually. Uh, Oh, Deadwood. Okay. Um, Not Cyber Wars. This had to be... We had to be in the 80s or 70s. He's, he's actually got a pretty prolific career. Wow. He'd been in a lot of stuff. Dukes of Hazard. He, he appeared on a little bit of everything. American Playhouse. Interesting. Yeah. Snow actually, Snow was actually a good character. Uh, I, I, I mean, acting wise, he was really, really good. Showed up on Newhart for eight years. That I did not know. Uh, he was in the Rocketeer. Okay, did not know that. Yep, can't find it. Don't know what it was. But anyway, yeah, he turned into a snake. That's all. I, I mean, remember. think about it. He was in freaking probably the best sci-fi flick ever made. Escape from New Runner. York. Wait, what? He was in Blade Runner. William Sanderson, Blade Runner, played J.F. Sebastian. Oh no 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 no! We're not talking about. Or am I am I screwing up people? Something. My bad. Who are William you talking Sanderson. about? Um, oh, Hugh Jones, Dakota. No no no. Um, one of the other. It was one of the other uh, bad guys. Yeah, forgive me. I'll, I'll I'll figure it out later on. No, uh, no, yeah, William Sanderson from Blade Runner. Yes, absolutely, the best science fiction movie ever. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm having the gin soaked moment here. <laughs> William Sanderson was not in a movie where you could go into people's dreams and turn into a snake. This is a completely different actor in the whole nine yards. My bad. All right. Uh, who are you talking about, man? Not uh, dude from the Warriors that had the three bottles on his fingers. Who the hell was that? I, <sighs> dude, there's only so many people in this movie. I know, right? Not RG, RG, RG Armstrong. No, oh man, what is it? Why can I not find? okay i can't even tell you the name of the movie now because it was i know what you're talking about though it's 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 where they they come out and play that yeah who is that guy and what movie was he in (laughs) oh god there you go the warriors 1979 here we go La la la. No, not him. No, not him. There we go. Back up. David Patrick Kelly is who I was thinking of. 
but I don't think he is in this movie. I'm just. I don't think he is. I'm sorry to say. Yeah. I'm just being drunk and stupid. But yeah, anyway. No, yeah. I, it took me a hot second to figure out Snow from being uh, GF Sebastian. And it kind of freaked me out. I was like, oh, shit, that's him. Um, and it's been a couple of weeks since I watched the movie. So trivia me. question. Oh, God. Who had a brother in this film? There were two siblings. Uh, I am completely stumped on that one. If I was going to take a wild stab in the dark, I'd probably go to Robert Beltran's brother. Aaron Norris and Chuck Norris. Oh, I did not know that. Uh, I almost want to say that Beltran's brother was in this as well, but it, he's not listed. But that is popping up into my head somewhere. Hmm. Uh, but anyways. Uh, Sally McQuaid. Pardon? Sally McQuaid. No, uh, the wife, the, the ex-wife. No, the daughter. Oh, my bad. Okay, yes, the daughter. What was the movie that made her famous? Uh, because it sure shit wasn't this one. No, was she, she wasn't in the Goonies, was she? well that's not the movie that i have listed here oh okay uh oh sorry i'm cheating i'm looking it up i found it okay <laughs> actually no i, I do remember reason that friday the 13th correct part three friday the 13th part three the first time that friday the 13th was done in 3d and she <laughs> played chris <laughs> uh she's also in fame and private benjamin and facts of life and bosom she, buddies and she was in a lot of television shows including days of our lives tj hooker uh, the a-team heart to heart yes yes young and the restless also and days of our lives and the young and the restless Another spam call, or is this your brother? It's Bob. <laughs> he cannot join. We cannot get that drunk on a school night. Ah, all right. We've got to take a little break here again. We'll be back to finish this up. Um, oh, wait. God, it's so far away. I don't know if I can reach it. Um, hopefully y'all can hear that. And we can hear it. We're good. Yeah. We're going to take a break. Gotta go. I'll be right back. Bye. Okey-dokes.
Are we back? And you don't have a microphone. Nah, it's like a Japanese film. It's awesome. Okay. Ah, there we go. Okay. <laughs> How long was I going without a microphone? Uh, not too very long. Okay. That's right. We're back. We're back with the the best movie ever. <laughs> ever made. Oh, sure. <laughs> Some people put up with me. I don't know why. I ask myself that question every time we record sometimes. (laughs) You know, Brick and I record for like four hours straight. And I find that kind of amazing because like the guys from the Cleveland sports fan could handle about 15 minutes before they start complaining. And Burke's never complained. Even though I know that we've gone to Drunk Fest before. Oh, yeah. The alcohol helps a lot. It really does. It is the best. Well, I mean. It's a lubrication that makes society run. People, I must tell you, we do this via Zoom. So I have to look at his ugly mug the whole time. He's He's got no hair. He weighs about as much as I do, and he's like six inches shorter. (laughs) (laughs) The love that we have for each other. (laughs) It oozes through the microphones. (laughs) Um, So we talked about how this film was actually supposed to star Bruce Lee. Or Chris Christopherson. Or Chris. If Bruce Lee had been alive, do you happen to know what they were going to call this film? They were somehow going to sequelize it with. Was it Enter the Dragon or Revenge of the Dragon? I can't remember the. Uh, I do believe it was, I, I don't have that part written down, uh, but had Lee taken part, the producers would have billed this film as the rematch of the century. That was how good this film was. This film was so incredibly good. I <laughs> Enter the Dragon was the movie, by the way. <laughs> I cannot, for the life of me, find one thing in this film that I could sit back and say was bad. I had to step away from the mic <laughs> for a second. It's hard to not laugh at those statements. <laughs> Thank God for mute buttons. Jesus Christ. 
<laughs> but I will say this. If I had to put this film up against the Gumball Rally, this blows it out of the water. Uh, that, this is what, like I said before, this is your guilty pleasure movie. It ain't mine. Sorry. I mean, I, I enjoyed watching it. Uh, I, I wouldn't go out of my way to watch it a second time. Are you saying this is not the best film ever created in the history of man? That's kind of what I'm saying here, buddy. I know this will be the breakup. This is like the Beals are now breaking up. I, we started. <laughs> we started to break up the minute that you said that the gumball rally was a zero bourbon. <laughs> I, I do what? Okay, you love this movie. I love that movie. Different strokes for different folks is what makes the world go round. A zero bourbon is like Star Wars or the Lord of the Rings. Okay, well, that, okay, maybe Gumball's a half a bourbon then. The but... Gumball is not a zero bourbon. I don't need I don't need anything to enjoy that. Hence that the fact know. that I had to change the rating system. Ah. I can't believe I had to do that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Gumball is almost in the box for me. <sighs> Gumball. <laughs> Gumball. Oh, yeah, because this, so, this movie was going to win an Academy Award. <laughs> name one martial arts movie that is better than this enter the dragon i can't hear you enter the dragon no i i'm sorry i think your volume is fucked up hello uh, i i'm i don't know I, it just seems like yeah there's just gibberish coming through uh, gibberish kill bill for that matter <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen i need to apologize for the audio issues that we're having I, it's not fair to you as an audience to have to listen to this it's um, a selective deafness problem there's no audio issues well it's, it's not selective deafness i've just kind of turned your microphone all the way down <laughs> so that we can't hear you <laughs> That's not selective at all. I don't know who would be selecting that. <laughs> to all our patrons out there. I can't believe I gave my panties to a geek. <laughs> I have given my brother the finger. End of line. Oh. Needless to say, he he's he's a little bitter, but <laughs> gentlemen, let's broaden our minds, Lawrence. <laughs> That's a good one, gentlemen. Let's broaden our minds. <laughs> All right, so, um, in a whole, I think that this movie was great. What, I mean, I'm what, I, I'm glad I watched it. 
Um, what are your high points and low points in the movie? And then we'll grade it. Uh, the driving the car out of a grave scene. Little low point for me there. The whole stealing the whole Mad Max thing. A little salty. Not going to lie. I, I, okay, so did you not like it because because it was too much like uh man well, his, his car being like mad max gives me a slight you know distaste but the whole driving it out of three tons of dirt okay i i have a lot of suspension of disbelief watching a lot of movies that one, I I don't know that I can forgive that one. I don't know. That one was that that scene was just stupid. Any other evil darkness? I mean, you know the 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 short guy in the wheelchair, Falcone. Yeah, not a not a great. Why was he even in the movie? Like, I don't get what his character was supposed to do or be or like you could have moved the plot forward with a fucking memo other than that guy i mean not not to say that that guy was bad i mean he may have gotten zero direction horrible script whatever i don't know but i mean that was just not it was just useless you could have cut that out of the movie it would have been a slightly better movie Ooh. Uh, Falcone was top of my list for bad parts of this flick. Yeah. What the heck was that? Probably my wife in the background giggling at the cat doing something cute. Uh, um, okay. So blood and honey really does give you the burps. <laughs> there are some beers that will, yeah, kick your ass in that department. Oh, holy hell. Um, I I don't see the Mad Max moment of him driving his car out of out of the the grave to pit that he was buried in as a negative because of the fact that earlier in the movie they brought up the supercharged engine. So you're telling me that a car with no air getting to it can dig itself out of three tons of dirt. I'm it's just sick. It's just, yeah, no, it's just beyond. No, sorry. It was I'm, done. I'm saying there's always the possibility. <laughs> now, what do you think were the best parts of this movie? Oh, um, I did love the dynamic between him and, and forgive me, I don't remember the guy's name now, the, his mentor guy, uh, LQ Jones, Dakota. Dakota. Yeah, I like Dakota. I like that whole thing. Um, I kind of enjoyed the first time that him and KO were being partners-ish uh, going into that one was it a textile place? Like, were they yeah, making... the textile mill. Yeah, um, that I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Um, the ending thing was, it was okay. I mean, the fighting, 
and, and I think even Chuck or the director or somebody was mentioning how they, they couldn't film it the way they wanted to. Like you really because they blew up their explosives on the fourth of july no 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 i'm just talking the actual the actual physical fight scene they could not film it the way they wanted to and because i mean those guys were really kicking each other's asses and it doesn't come across in the film which is really kind of sad i mean it's just sad that they couldn't actually capture the fact that they were going and and actually hitting each other fucking hard there that could have been a that had been filmed better or that whatever that that could have been a much better bit um man i can't remember i don't know those are the ones that stick out in my head three weeks uh, from now it's been two three weeks since i've watched the movie so that's only the one time so i'm gonna say okay the positive scenes that i i liked were uh when uh when jj and raleigh meet for the first time the pearl beer scene Mm -hmm. which i thought was absolutely freaking hilarious i love that (laughs) um i literally went and bought the same shirt that he wore <laughs> for about six years. And now that we're talking about it, I will go buy that shirt again. <laughs> well, you have your Magnum PI shirt. You got to have your Lone Wolf McQuaid shirt. Um, but the first scene, uh, something that I didn't mention that, that I, I'll mention it now. And, and this is a big reason why I love that, that first fight scene where, where, Raleigh is doing the exhibition. Every person that was in the ring with Raleigh had to be a black belt, which was impressive to me because David Carradine was was adamant about the fact that he needed people in there that were on the same level as him. And this could partially be because David Carradine was not the best actor uh fighting actor yeah um you want to make sure he didn't really hurt somebody by accident right and and that that really kind of impressed me that he went went in into uh and what was the the oh man forgive me i read something about that that company or dojo or whatever it was the guy who owns it those are all their real geese and everything like that but he doesn't he own a uh not a production company but a, a company that does fight scenes for hollywood or something like that yeah he does um uh fight scenes uh god what do we call that uh there's a specific person who is in charge of the uh, uh fight choreography um fight coordinator or whatever you want to call it yeah it's that but but during the filming there's there's certain people that are are tasked with certain jobs and one of them is to to uh maintain the integrity of of the fight scenes and um, and the actors (laughs) yeah well it's there to keep keep people from getting hurt and um this guy, he runs a company that does that for a living. They come onto film sets, they take charge. Um, 
you know, not to bring up something that that's going on, but it this would be the person that say say the Rust film that where the director got shot. No, if this person the 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 fight coordinator um would have been the second person to check the gun before it was placed into an actor's hand and if you would have gone by the that's that's what they do they they're there to keep a film safe or a production safe and my uh my ear just fell out again. <laughs> I do have another bit of trivia that I, I missed here. Um, during the, uh, the scene in uh, McQuaid's house, the, the morning after with Barbara Carrera, and they're kind of like laying in bed together and everything. Oh, my God. Is this uh, okay before you before you say it? And I'll cut this out. So that. Is that <laughs> Is this the rattlesnake thing? Oh yeah, it's the rattlesnake. Yeah, yeah the whole crew, the whole crew ran out because <laughs> the rattlesnake just rolled into the house. <laughs> Welcome to filming in El Paso. <laughs> Nothing like some West Texas love. I guess that place is. I guess that place is out in the middle of nowhere. Well, El Paso is is actually right out towards the um the no border. i mean that that particular set for that yeah. house like well, there was no running water at here, that house here's here's the thing all of the filming locations that they say are el paso 10 miles east is desert 10 miles west is desert <laughs> that El Paso is a city in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> the next city, the next closest city to El Paso is probably Las Cruces in New Mexico. Oh God. Yeah. You're, you're talking, it's a town in the middle of a desert. <laughs> I mean, you here, stop to get gas on your way to Vegas or something. <laughs> Here in Dallas, I I keep an eye out for scorpions. We don't get a lot of rattlesnakes here, but the the shop, my warehouse. Uh I used to have my warehouse with with uh, another gentleman's uh audio company. And that is probably a mile from my house. We literally found one day when we went into the shop, eight rattlesnakes living <laughs> inside of the, the, uh, the audio. We had a display case for audio cables. It was, okay. uh, it was a, a totally square thing yep. with pegs on it so that we could hang audio cable. Well, we tipped that over. And there were eight rattlesnakes. They were young, but they were there. <clears throat> El Paso's even worse. El Paso, <laughs> El Paso, you've you've got rattlesnakes. You've got the one thing around here that drives me nuts are the scorpions. 
Yeah, I've and, heard they're they're not fun. And I mean, it's just because every album they make sucks. <laughs> I'd love to disagree with you. <laughs> It's my friend Bob's favorite favorite band, so <laughs> you'll be getting a text very soon. Hell man, if they weren't just <laughs> copying ACDC, you know, it'd be all right. <laughs> Anyways, um, so on your scale, on your 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 scale of <sighs> bottom shelf up to top shelf. Up this to, is this is in your box, but this is uh, it can't. I, I don't think it can make it past the second shelf. <laughs> I, I just it's, you have it that low. I I would not go out of my way to watch this movie again. If it was on TV, I might sit down and go, "Oh, hey, it's that movie." And other than that, because you gotta admit. It's got some okay. pacing issues every now and then. Okay, let, let me ask you a question. Okay, okay. On our new scale here. Right. Where does the Gumball Rally end up? Well, you see, this is, these are all personal opinions. It, the Gumball Rally for me is going to be at least the top shelf. Okay. It's not in the box. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it could be fourth shelf depending on my mood. Okay. It's a good movie. It's, it's 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 my guilty pleasure. It's my cheap liquor that I enjoy because it's cheap and easy to, you know. For me, this movie the best movie ever made in the freaking entirety of the world literally only makes it to the top shelf. Okay. It Fair is enough. not in the box. <laughs> it's not Star Wars. It's not Lord of the Rings. I, it, you know, it's not Harry Potter. I don't even put Star Wars in the box. Uh, the 77 movie it might be a box movie for me. I can't because of how cheesy everything was. I can't 77 for fuck's sake. I mean, that was the most cutting edge shit out there. I mean, just so th far taking so the far, whole, well, I don't know. This, that's a, that's a discussion for another time, but yeah. you know, well, uh, no, it can be a discussion now. We've, we've, we've opened Pandora's box. Let's, let's roll with this shit. We've, we have, We've discussed them with McQuaid. We know where we're at with that. Yeah. Um, and, and that you have absolutely no taste whatsoever, but that's okay. We can deal with that. Mm -hmm. Now we have to go to the box, which is in the box, man. And you're saying Star Wars. I can't say Star Wars. Now, if we're, if we're going to talk a trilogy or if we're going to talk an entire series, then I would put Star Wars in there because the very first Star Wars movie was nothing without the Empire Strikes Back. Oh, yeah, that, that's a tough argument there because I, I adore that movie. And thank God it ain't the third because the third movie brings the trilogy down. 
And it's just a bunch exactly. of fucking Ewoks. Uh, okay, so if you're saying number one and number two as a pair, yeah, that'd be a box. Yeah. Now, now you see, it, if you're talking box sets, I've got, I've got Harry Potter in there. Yep. I've got Lord of the Rings in there. Absolutely. And I've got Star Wars in there. The trilogy, the original. The original. Um, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go beyond the trilogy, but I, I'm telling you right now, out of those three, if I had to make a choice, I would probably choose Harry Potter over. Oh, yeah. Over Lord of the Rings is fabulous. And by the way, uh, his daughter just died. What? Yeah. His daughter just died last, last week. Oh, my God. Tolkien's. Tolkien's oh, oh Tolkien's daughter. Yeah. I thought you were talking about uh, the director. No, no, no. Tolkien's Dude. daughter just died. So so the woman who actually had the balls to release the rights to certain people uh is is now gone and now it goes down to the granddaughters, which is gonna be very interesting. Is that why Prime got a hold of it? I think so. Hmm. Anyways, it, if you were to ask me as far as the series goes, no, I think I'm, 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 I'm with you there all the way. I mean, I, I might, I might put the Lord of the Rings slightly above Harry Potter. I'm not quite sure. I'd have to, I'd have to think about that one. I think that's a tough, I think that's a tough, tough call though. Yeah. Um, because I am such a Tolkien fan. I mean, I know that yeah. you pick on me about the Silmarillion all the time. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I hear the cackling in the background. <laughs> uh, I am. The I, peanut gallery has made their. <laughs> Uh, man, I don't know how J.R.R. Tolkien or uh, Tolkien. Hey, somebody's having a party and you weren't invited. Close the door. No. <laughs> Damn. Gonna be a long fucking night in this house. <laughs> Gonna be a long fucking night. <laughs> but anyway, um, yes, you're a token fiend, well, which is uh, which Tol is cool. Tolkien and and Rollins did something in in basically the same boat. Yeah, and I, I I've said this before. She created a, a different world where Tolkien was the same way. He created something that just was not there. And that's what was impressive. You you get a lot of books out there like the 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 books that are based off of the Grimm's um, mm -hmm. and and different stuff like that. You it's rare when you get something that's new. Yeah something that's different and that's why things like like harry potter and star wars 
uh, and even Star Trek are 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 things that are just so um, well, so, so special in their yeah. own way. Yeah. Well, it's it's a it's something different. We we didn't we never had that before. We didn't live that. And that's what makes that an important uh, thing, something that's fun. That's why oh, I yeah. think it, it's very hard to make that distinction of, of is Lord of the Rings better than Harry Potter? Because while they are the same, while they do have a lot of the same monsters in it that are in each other, we have oh, yeah. trolls, we have, you know boggarts and shades and whatnot which one's better it's once again done to personal opinion i mean from a visual state wow god you can't even say that i mean special effects wise you know harry potter had ups and downs um you know when you're looking at lord of the rings they knew they had they had three shots at this and that's it and and they put just a a ton of of love and blood and sweat and tears into those three movies. The the Potter movies, and I and I wish I don't even know how to put this. Like the very first movie, you got Haggard's cabin just a few feet off the front door. And then all of a sudden in later movies, it's like a quarter mile walk over a bridge so it's like you know why, wait why has shit changed well, yeah I, I i i really wish it could have worked out that they had had a singular director um doing all of those films and so that one's kind of that one's kind of tough i mean I, and i love all the harry potter films i i do I yeah mean, the, cut, continuity wise though you are correct there's there were there were what seven films right four directors four directors uh seven screenwriters uh i mean it was just you know one film was 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 written so dark that it didn't match any of the other films that were out there well each film got physically visually darker as they went and you can even see that in each opening credit that I've seen YouTube videos where they show each opening credit screen with the, the WB and everything like that. And they, they actually get darker as they go because the tones of the books, the tones of the films are getting darker every single time. So. All right. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, is there anything else that you wish to discuss tonight? I I'm I think I am I think I'm good. All right. I'm sorry. Oh, we have to uh you have to choose the next two movies for us to review. Uh, no, wait a minute. Oh Christ, I guess I do. I had not I was unaware of that little tidbit of info and am completely unprepared. Hmm. hmm. 
I could give you a hint. <laughs> I almost want to find something you haven't watched. But I, I don't. I think the new Batman movie, neither of us have watched. Oh. I don't know that I'm going to get to it before Tuesday. Not this Tuesday. This Tuesday is trivia. Oh, yeah. You got to tell me about that because I don't Which my drunken self. You were supposed to be working on over the past week. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, is it up on our Google Drive? No, I have no clue. There's, we've talked about so many things when we're drunk that we should do. And how many have we done? Yeah, 50%. Remember dark TV shows? Remember that? Oh, shit. We were supposed oh, to. Oh, do- yeah. We were supposed to do that. <laughs> All right. We, we have a show to record in two days. Oh, fine. What do you want to do? Do you want to do dark TV shows in two days? Do you want more? Okay. It's too much like movies. No, it's too much like movies. The Um, trivia, the trivia thing that, that we had set up was 50 trivia questions. 10 of them could be any question whatsoever about anything. 10 of them was about cars. 10 were about movies. I got to write this down because I am. I swear I wrote that down at some point. I know you wrote it down. You were writing. You even said, oh, I got to write this down, man. Yeah. I mean, I got the 10 places you want to visit before you die page here. Holy cow. All right. All right. Slow down. Give me that. Give me that crap again. So slow down, Jack. So 10 trivia. Anything. Uh 10 trivia cards. Are we doing it in this order? Yes. No. No, the original okay, order was supposed to be like the, the last 10 questions were any trivia that you could come up with. Okay, so that's that's the last. To okay, try so. to stump each other. Oh, well. Okay, so 10 trivia of cars. What's the next 10? Uh, 10 trivia movies. 10 movies. trivia of TV. 10 TV. 10 music 10 music i think i can make that happen let's do that and i've i was really kind of figuring that like 50 questions for you and i since we're not going deep dives into anything 50 questions should be should be quick should be all right should be all right that should be an hour and a half show We'll have stories about something. I'm sh- I'm sure. <laughs> and I know that I know that the people love the two hour shows that we do because they get oh so many emails about them. <laughs> they actually do enjoy the two hour shows. I was like, how the hell could you enjoy two hours of this shit? We Seriously. don't even enjoy two hours of this shit. <laughs> I mean, uh, do you people realize that two hours of this shit is like four hours of me having to listen to Burke? <laughs> that's karma bitch <laughs> i tried to get carl to come on what about you like goes to sleep at eight o'clock at night or something I, I is that th- his excuse there is just a lot going on with that boy and uh uh I, I, 
I literally said to him, I probably have a better chance of getting your son to come on than you. Oh, he did um, it in a heartbeat. <laughs> he would. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't know what happened with Carl. I love Carl. And Carl was like your best friend through long time for a long time. I don't know, man. Um, maybe I'll get Rozak to come on. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> ah, he's fine until about a half an hour in. Then it's going to be like, I love you, man. <laughs> I love you. Dude, I got to tell you something. <laughs> I love you, man. Dude, 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 what are you doing? I love you, man. <laughs> Scott, uh, I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you something. something. I love you, man. <laughs> People, uh, okay, God, I love Rozak. He's like Rozak's like six foot two. And and he's, he's a, a big kid. He's a big <laughs> he's football a big player. Big kid. I mean, he was a football player at Cloverleaf High School for years. And I I I you know, just to have he's a big teddy bear. Yeah. I, oh yeah. I love you, man. I love you guys. I love you, man. Um he he, he actually quit drinking for like twenty years. Oh, good on him. And, and uh uh he he started drinking again um because he he finally realized that <laughs> him him drinking at home in front of the tv wasn't bothering anyone <laughs> i was like mike mike it was never the fact that you drank too much it was the fact that you were drinking too much and then driving oh. and that's where the problem was <laughs> it's not a problem when you're already at home <laughs> you can sit on your couch and get i'm sure his ex-wife does not agree with me but his new wife <laughs> is into no, Rosak's Rosak's a great guy, and and when he was out with us on my on my uh, what was that thing called? The, the uh, prenuptial party. Yeah, something like that. Um, <laughs> no, he's he's a great guy. We had he is. He we is. had a lot of fun with him, and he's just nuts enough to where. Uh, he would sound like he actually knows what he's doing on the show, which <laughs> God, that just sounds so bad. Oh, Let's go. Oh, oh my. shit! Hey, I love that guy, man. Um, <laughs> yeah. End of line. It's, uh, that's about it for us, I think. Um, I think we're gonna wrap this one up. You gotta have your trivia question. Here's the here's the great thing. Uh we're not doing the, the Cleveland sports fan anymore. I'm sorry. I am I'm sorry too, but a little relieved. 
here here's the thing. Like, I went and built the website for us, mm-hmm. and you went in and fixed it. And it was like, wow, it, it kind of seems like Burke wants to do this. And that that's kind of where the difference was, was that I, I'm, I'm not saying that Ryan and Jake didn't want, well, Jake didn't want to do it. Jake didn't care. <laughs> I'm sure that Ryan wanted to do it, but Ryan's priorities are like millennial priorities. All right. So, hey, there's Cavs game. I'm going to go to the Cavs game instead of recording the show <laughs> because we do shows about sports and it's more important to go to a sports game and watch something than it is to do the show. And I kept trying to explain to him that while it's important to go to sports games, if you're away and doing a sports game, we're not doing a show. And that means that people aren't listening to it. And that means that I mean, every week it was a different excuse of, Hey, Oh no. uh, Uh, well, I, 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 I don't know why the recording wasn't working. Um, um, I, I, I recorded the show that I was supposed to do, but it didn't work. So, uh, so we just won't do a show. Oh no. It, 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 that's not how it works in, in, if you don't do a show, they won't listen. If you don't build it, they won't come. <laughs> I may actually, I may actually use that the next time. I, I, I made a sports illusion. You should be pretty proud of me. Yeah, that was that was good. That was good. Um, so, uh, I actually I shouldn't. I, I'm not even gonna say this. So you know. Hey, goodbye, everyone. Have a great night. We will yeah. talk to you soon. Enjoy it. On behalf of Burke, Scott, and the rest of the cast. At the Davis and Davis Show. We'd like to thank you for listening, and we hope you return next week. Remember, we're not a law firm, and we just don't care.